feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! I want to know the truth. You keep digging, you're going to dig your own grave. Right. Can you prove any of this? No, absolutely not. I don't feel no ways tired. This is the Brian Suits Show. Oh, did I miss that? AM 770 KTDH, Brian Suits here. Well, we're following that uh, Alec Baldwin trial, aren't we? Um, Alec Baldwin. Two, uh, producer Greg uh, there. And, and it, I, I want to get that drop, but does that make us racist? Because it was Kim Excuse Jong- Excuse me. Not Kim Jong-il saying it in Team, Team America. We could blame Trey Parker. And they're, and they're playing on the LR mispronunciation thing, which I laughed at the movie. Excuse me. But that was whatever, 20, 30 years ago almost, 20 years ago. Ancient history. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so there's no such thing as blockbuster uh, testimony in an Alec Baldwin trial. Um, but uh, we, we did find out yesterday that he insisted on real guns on the set or, 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 or define real. Sir, you said earlier Baldwin always wanted to use his hero props or words to that effect. Do you recall that? Yes. And by that, you meant he wanted to use the real, for example, the real revolver? That was my understanding of his, his uh, the way he liked to perform, yes, sir. And well, what, what they mean by that is that if you're firing blanks uh, through the gun, set blanks, it, there, there's not a projectile, there's maybe a wax projectile uh, in, in the round and what you're getting is you're getting a flash and you're getting noise, okay? Because the armorer, the wrangler that you hired is putting a gun in your hand and saying cold gun, meaning there's not a live round in there. I just checked it. Um, and, but however, because it's a real gun, like a revolver, when you're done, you can go out to a gravel pit and put real bullets in it and shoot it. And that is the gun that they had. And, and this is sort of the weird thing. While, while I, you know, the line forms here to loathe uh, Alec Baldwin as a person. And I thought, let me look behind me. There's Greg. Am I right about that? Are you right behind me in the line to loathe uh, Alec Baldwin? I don't know if I wouldn't go as so far as saying I, lo- I loathe Vladimir Putin. But um, I don't love But Alec right behind Baldwin. him is Alec Baldwin. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, so he's the producer of the movie. That's one hat. Then he's the star. Not he didn't write it, but I mean, he's the star of the movie. So he hired himself to be the star because apparently some people on Netflix will actually or or Amazon will pay to rent a movie uh, because Alec Baldwin's in it. And I would say his his um, superpowers have faded. From- uh, and I also will add the fact that there's quite a bit of irony here when he hates he, guns. He, exactly. Hollywood and Alec Baldwin in particular are constantly sounding the alarm about gun violence and how evil it is. Oh, yet, Emily, Emily Blunt. And it appears he has a romanticization with firearms himself. And yeah. wants them on the set and wants real ones. Doing an old timey Western. You gotta, gotta be slinging a revolver. Sir, you said earlier, Baldwin always wanted to use his hero props. Hero props and, and all that. Is what they are. And so how do they work around that? Well, um, there's a couple ways. One of them is because with a revolver, when you're aiming it right at the camera, right at the director of photography, because if you... If you're a pro or a really good amateur, you know there's no such thing as a loaded gun. Or I'm sorry, there's no such thing as an empty gun. All Treat all guns as if they're loaded. 
That way you won't have to sit there and brief your friends and, and all that. Just all of you treat the gun like it's loaded always. And with a revolver, though, when you're looking straight on, you can see there's no bullets in there. So that's why from a stylistic uh, point uh, standpoint on the set, you have to have something in there. We don't put real bullets in there, okay? What you do is you buy these blanks uh, that are real bullets that have been drilled out and the powder has been poured out and then you put a BB in there and there's still a hole smaller than the BB and then you reset the the actual bullet back into the casing and now you have a round. But it's a non-firing round, but you can drop it into a gun so that head on, like say if you're the director of photography, um, you say, looks great. Let's do that. And that's what they were doing. They were doing the blocking and marking of, okay, from here to here, I'm going to go like this with my right hand, reach in my vest and pull out my hero gun, my old timey revolver. Okay. Well, let's say the person that you hired, cause you're also the producer and you're trying to make budget. You're trying to make some money on this movie. So you don't hire the best in the game. Because maybe that person's otherwise engaged and it's not on your schedule. So you hire the second best and they say, oh, I can't do either. So you hire the fifth best. You hire uh, Hannah Gutierrez. And what you don't know is that it's Monday and on Sunday she got high and dropped mushrooms at a shooting range off set with some of the crew members. Honest mistake. Yeah, I mean, good Lord. And, and believe it or not, that doesn't disqualify her from the job because that's not on company time. That's on her own time. with And, and she's the wrangler. Those are her guns, right? So <clears throat> she goes, and because it is a real gun, they load real 45 caliber Colt rimmed ammo in there. And they go pew, pew, pew. They go plinky, plinky, plink. That was a fun Sunday to be on shrooms and be ripped, fireball and shrooms, shooting a 45. So miraculously, no one is wounded. And the next day, the guns are on set, and the set is an imaginary bubble. And if you're the Wrangler, you physically inspect every weapon before it gets in that bubble. And then you say, cold weapon, cold weapon, cold weapon. And that means you go through the elaborate process of flipping a switch forward and swinging the revolver chamber out and making sure every round in there is is out, okay? So they don't even do that, but there are live rounds in the revolver. But they don't check. They, they She forgot that she was doing shrooms and fireball the, the, the day before. She forgot there were live rounds in the bullets. And when the... And Baldwin was the executive producer. When the assistant producer said, are these cold guns? She said, yeah, those are cold. Yeah, those are good. So he he's not a gun wrangler. He's a Hollywood punk. Alec Baldwin isn't a, a gun expert. He's a Hollywood punk who wants his, wants his hero gun. And he doesn't know how to check the weapon. And he doesn't even know to do that as a, as a real basic firearm safety thing. Treat all guns as if they're loaded. So he's handed the gun by the assistant producer who says... Cold gun, meaning it can't be fired. So with those other set rounds I described, you pull the trigger, or rather you pull the hammer back, because that's what's called single action, it locks. When you pull the trigger, and the trigger's a little lighter now, it just goes click. And for the shot that Baldwin was doing, they were going to cut. The, you know, you're going to see the hammer fall on, on our gun shooter hero and without, you know, smoke or something. And 
So his, the director of photography, who, who's been told, these are cold guns, these are good, you can look through the lens, um, you can get down there and, and frame the shot, the whole thing. She's like four feet away. And when he pulls the gun straight out, it's aimed right at her left side along her ribs. And a real bullet goes in her. A real old-timey forty-five Colt uh, goes in her. So, so that's why he goes forward with George Stephanopoulos, and he claims, I never pulled the trigger. Physically impossible, unless he didn't lock the hammer back. If he just let it go, it would fire on that round, uh, or he pulled the trigger. But he maintains that he didn't do anything proactively. Well, it can't, can't be. Um, and that, that, in other words, that's not first-degree murder. He didn't go to bed and go, oh, I can't wait to kill Helena, Helena Hutchins tomorrow morning. And, and write it down, Dear Diary, killing Helena tomorrow when she thinks we're blocking the shot. Uh, that's that's why it's man's laughter, not not murder. Um, but on on in, in her case, she'll be lucky to get away with uh, manslaughter because they're going to wind up saying, oh, it's a series of wacky mistakes. Anyone could have made them. However, the state. Sir, you said earlier Baldwin always wanted to use his hero. Prop. The state is going to have a parade of people saying no competent producer would have an incompetent wrangler on the set. And that's that's the problem. The individual uh, Alec Baldwin might walk away with a stern warning and a strongly worded letter. But the executive producer, Alec Baldwin, hired someone who in the industry has a reputation of being slapdash, shall we say, slap, what's uh, incompetent and slapdash? And what mean, what else, can you go to uh, lexicon, to thesaurus.com, look up slapdash? Yeah, give me a few minutes. So, I mean, so that's that um, on, on that. And, and so Alec Baldwin, the producer, will probably be found somehow criminally complacent in in the uh, duplicit in the manslaughter she'll probably bear the weight uh, of this because uh, she is the one who delivered the gun and there's an expectation that your expert when they say that gun is empty you can take their word for it because you can't sit there on a movie set all day long going back and forth on what's a live weapon what's not and that's why they say probably best not to have live rounds within 10 miles of the movie set. Because there's too many incompetent people like Alec Baldwin who want a hero gun. So they want a real gun. So uh, there's that. We, I could I could invoke the expert tomorrow. Uh, a friend of mine rants dummy guns to movies because he will not go through the liability of, of doing what she did, having the real weapons, and then having to be on set and certifying that. It's just better to rent a rubber cast weapon that in no way, shape, or form is anything but a 10-pound weight. And, uh, but you don't feel like a hero when you do that. Well, and that's, that's, that's the really loathsome part about this. Sir, you said earlier Baldwin always wanted to use his hero props. Or words to that effect. Do you recall that? Because you always, you have, you always have um, movie stars that want the clicking and the pulling the slide back and stuff. They want that. They want all that from the, well, how come it won't go forward? Well, the magazine's empty. Drop, drop the mag release. I remember what? taking a, a film class in college where we studied French cinema versus American cinema. We, 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 and uh, it was well known that Americans and American filmmakers have a fascination with that gun cocking noise, as opposed to like European cinema. I know they just pull the gun out and it's ready to rock. There's and... something that uh, Americans truly love about that gun going. Uh, yeah, and in Amer in American films. Guns run out, of, run out of bullets, and you have to change the magazine out. 
in European films, they have endless, they have bottomless magazines, you know, stuff like that, because none of them know how to operate lay weapon, lay fusil or pistolero. All right, uh, let's get to know everything with know it all. Never regardless, you probably want to know, why is China's economy about to uh, collapse? Well, it's a gigantic, I mean, just one company has a $300 billion debt. And it's a giant real estate bubble that is, imagine you had to pay into, pay even more into Social Security all your life. And you found out that it had been, uh, that it was empty. It was paying your grandma. And that's that's today. That's all the empty real estate uh, in China. We reported on the real estate sector 10 years ago with astonishing sights like this of empty buildings in city. Dog, dog and stockpot. After city across the country. Not funny. This is today. Similar hollowed out wastelands of unoccupied and unfinished apartments. So what you're not seeing are, I mean, but you can see in this Wall Street Journal report, I mean, an entire, imagine Bellevue as just empty, never moved into apartments. The developers here designed this home in the style of a grand European mansion. But this is all it is right now. It's the shell of a half-completed empty house. So what they were doing in China is they were selling you the cast concrete home. So there was no wood, no, no craftsmanship or artisanship. And so they're, they're showing a city, not not a suburb, not a cul-de-sac, but a city, and they're all the same cast, sort of pseudo-European um, cast concrete, unpainted, and they are wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall. So Very Soviet-looking. Yeah, it's yeah. like Soviet luxury, right, uh, or something. And and then and and then the ones that sixty minutes are, are talking about are the high rises, the ones like you grew up in, the the horribly depressing apartment buildings that normally one must uh, visit the uh, suburbs of Prague or Bucharest uh, to see that that thrown up. Hey, uh, the the. Chairman of the Politburo is coming here next year. Oh, I told him we would have 90 buildings up, and they'd be 10 stories each. And then you get the uh, construction quality that you would expect from, from that. And those are still up to this day. People live in those from Vladivostok to, uh, to Prague. And, and I mean, you might not – you might be in NATO now, but your apartment buildings are still in the Warsaw Pact. And uh, so in China's case, you know, you can move out of – your place in Prague and move into a new place. It's not cast cement with crappy plumbing. In China, you don't have any, any, you have one male son. He's a highway patrolman on the other side of the country. You see him once a year. This is your retirement. You don't have five sons that are going to help you in your old age. This is your retirement. You paid for it 10 years ago. You got pictures of it. And then one day you retired and it wasn't complete because and they couldn't pay you back your money because that's what they're using to build next year's empty apartment buildings. So that's why China's that's one reason that China is um, hit the bricks uh, on stuff. Uh, thing two. Second thing. Well, a fatal crash in Burien could lead to the changes in the pursuit laws. Uh, a deadly crash in Burien uh, yesterday 
The King County Sheriff's Office said they arrested a person on investigation of vehicular uh, homicide after they said the person stole a truck and drove off. The deputies were trailing. Uh, deputies trailed the suspected stolen truck. The guy decided to to foot it. Well, not foot it, but I mean to floor it. And when he decided to floor it, because he knew that they weren't going to chase him. So, I mean, we can go in circles and say, well, it would have happened anyway. All we know is they were not pursuing him. They didn't get authorization, but he floored it anyway to get away. And he collided with a Jeep Cherokee, killing uh, an adult driver and injuring a four-year-old. Uh, so, anyway, the, the guy's under arrest. Um, and so somebody, this is, this is the thing about the state legislature. Someone's going to say, well, see, um, it was speed that killed him, not the pursuit. Well, no, the guy fled because uh, he thought he was about to be uh, lit up by King County Sheriff's Office. And so, and that's why he, he floored it uh, to, to get away because he probably had somewhere else to go steal something or something like that. Uh, thing three. Third thing. Uh, well, Nikki Haley is still running, and the Michigan presidential primaries are today. Uh, Trump will win this. The real question is, why are they so afraid about the protest vote on uh, Biden? Biden won Michigan by about 150,000 votes uh, four years ago. The problem is the losing of the Michigan uh, in November is what they're planning on now. If this many... Uh, Palestinian or Arab Americans are going to do a protest vote, then why would they be around in November? I mean, uh, this is sort of what they're fighting on this. They're saying, look, if you're going to be here in November, just vote Biden or else we look weak. Well, they want to post uh, they, they want to protest that uh, they're in their view. The Biden administration is on the side of Israel in killing Gaza Palestinian babies or something like that. Um, and so this has led to the president. Uh, announcing uh, with complete surprise, no irony in his voice, with a cone of ice cream in his hand. Don't you worry. Um, there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a uh, a ceasefire by Monday. Which is, by the way, because they said, "Hey, announce," uh, because because it's Thursday night. This is why this was last night on on Seth Rogan or Seth uh, Myers <laughs> did it. Um, on whatever late night with Seth Myers, <clears throat> it was late last night, um, but it was yesterday afternoon in New York that he made this announcement so that it would hit the news today because the polls opened in Michigan two hours ago, um, and that they're hoping this will put the fire out in uh, Arab pro Arab American protest votes. So he he announced with uh, ice cream in President his mouth. President Biden was telling reporters that. Let me get to the ice cream voice. Here's Ice Cream Joe. Does the final start? Well, I hope by the, the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least my, my my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. It's not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday we'll have a ceasefire. He's got a big old cone of ice cream in his, in his. Dang ice cream! <laughs> oh, I know. His hope is that by next Monday there'll be a ceasefire. CNN's MJ Lee is at the White House for us, and CNN's chief national security correspondent Alex Marquardt's also here. MJ, that's a big announcement from the president uh, to be given in an ice cream shop. Uh, I love his tone of voice. It's like, well, that's a big announcement for a big old POTUS, a big old. I got you some ice cream. <laughs> so. And by the way, he just probably guaranteed there's not going to be a peace deal on Monday. 
because it's going to be under the it's going to be under Israeli terms and and yeah they're the final city that they're vanquishing Rafa is uh, filled with Palestinian refugees um and whatever now that you've and here's how that part of the world works now that you've announced with an ice cream cone in in your hand that you really want this by Monday politically um now everyone is going to uh, hit reverse on on the uh, on the on the shifter. Um, in the Michigan primary, uncommitted is a protest vote. Arab American backlash over Biden support of Israel fuels effort to reduce Democratic vote for president. So this is how you play politics with other people's lives: um, is make a pronouncement like that yesterday, so that you can affect voters in Michigan today. And they, they've got bigger problems in Michigan. Closing internal combustion engine plants. Because of your EV mandate. Meanwhile, the, the the battery plants in Michigan are laying people off. So even those aren't working. So yeah, you might have a problem with your own unions that you keep touting. So what 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 flavor do you make that announcement? I don't know. I, that seems like you, you can never lose with chocolate. Back in a second. Um, yeah, as they get closer to the truth on, on Hamas, some American media outlets uh, can tell the truth. Uh, and more updates on your snow closures today, AM 770 KTTH. Ropple yesterday afternoon in the afternoon in the South Sound. But uh, let me check on the radar. Live radar description on the radio is the the hotness. Uh, yeah, so you know this, um, the Everett and East, uh, you got a dusting of snow. Are you looking at your phone? Yeah, I'm looking at radar. And right now it doesn't look like there's anything cloudy. But uh, so anyway... You get all the school closures and delays, not us uh, on, on here. But as we heard yesterday, it's going to be topsy-turvy weather. Um, and yesterday, by the way, in my part of the woods, blue sky. Windy, blue sky, got cold. Wow. Yeah, until the grapple. And according to right now in Seattle at uh, 729, 31 degrees. It was cold out this morning, wasn't it? It was very chilly, absolutely. And I was up all night, good times, with a kid who's sick. I think he's got the RSV. And by the way, really? is RSV just interchangeable with the common cold now? That's just a fancy way of saying he's got a cold? I don't know. And, and a great way to avoid having to talk about me locking myself out of my car yesterday uh-huh. um, is to point out that I have, I, I have a, you know, appointments with a doctor are like gold these days. And I have a 1130, 14-year-old uh, appointment. And hell or high water, I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm, because right now, be, because, and, and also the R, RSV dropping off the cliff, it's like down 20% week over week. And so it's one of those things where uh, King County Health or whoever immediately does this, well, well, the RSV is coming. Well, it turns out to be statistically 
you're far more likely to have uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman pay sponsor you on Live Golf than have RSV on this one. But I gotta be there. But. You did touch on something there. It's kind of a nightmare to schedule a doctor appointment these days. Every time I call our practitioner, I think that's the fancy term. Uh, it's like at least a month we have to wait before we get in there. Like it, there's a trend now that they the medical industry wants you to go to urgent care, right? But that's, yeah. that's a massive shift in what it used to be. And you'd usually be able to get in in a day or two to see your person. So doctor. it was two weeks ago. So I'm talking to my friend about her kid, and she said, "Yeah, we got there at 10 a.m." And they said, "We'll see you around four. And and she said, "Then why are you, why are you called urgent care? <laughs> Delayed care? Yeah. So maybe rename it to when we get to you care." Order. So that is off the table. And, and and if you leave, you lose your place in line. Like, no, that's not how life works. My no. pro tip is to go online and try to schedule one in advance. So if it's in the morning, oftentimes they have little windows you can schedule. S- sitting here for six hours with a mask on. No, and we don't. And, and that's not fun. So you're you're diagnosing us as something respiratory. Okay. Here to before. Yeah. And um, so now we, I, I did. And also my, my uh, other handicap is new patients. So we, so I, I did did it all over the phone. New patient mm. will be there on the twenty uh, seventh at exactly blank time. Then you know, all no matter what they do, when you show up, there's still paperwork. And I said, can I? Whatever you hand me, fifteen minutes before the appointment, can I swing by and pick up and then bring it with me? They went, wow, we've never. I don't care. I'm good. I'm I'm that guy. I will swing by and grab that stuff because it's so frustrating to walk in and be handed a clipboard. Hey. This is library. That's me. Um, this is urgent care. And so I did that. So so uh, we, we fast-tracked it and uh, the whole thing. Lock yourself out, you say. That must be a good story. Yeah, it must. Um, young adults in particular have anxiety around talking on the phone. The, uh, Seattle is uh, apparently the most telephonobic place. Telephonobia is a, is a reality around here. And I think wait till they find out that all these bacteria are hiding in our phones. How often do you clean yours? Oh, gosh. I shudder to think. I don't clean it nearly as much it, as I there's should. There's the wipes, but then there's cotton and denatured alcohol, and I'm I'm second thing. Well, I had this conversation with my kids the other night. We're talking about tablet etiquette and the smart, judicious way to use touch screens. And our, right at the top of our list for rules is do not take that screen in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know if there's any crossover between the topic you just mentioned and what I just said, but... Look, everybody uses It's a the, newspaper, it's a book, it's a, it's newspaper, a TV. But you're doing your why, business why and not mount and the tablet on the wall. That's my question to you. Excuse me? The roughly 3.1 million adults in the Seattle metro area, a projected 826,000 or 26% talk on the phone with family, friends or neighbors less than once a week in a typical week. I rarely initiate calls. <clears throat> I I will answer a call uh, certain people are caller ID'd. You don't even like texting. Ever since I started with getting the scam likely, I assume you're all scams. I get about three a day now. Are you getting that many scam calls? from? I got one from Idaho yesterday. I got one from some weird town in Washington. And I still, one out of three times, I go, maybe this is someone who really needs to get a hold of me. And it's well, a scam. What I have noticed is if you click, and, and this is an Android, I'm not going to say the name of the phone, but... Um, if you do say, if you confirm likely scam, you get less and less and less and less. So oh, okay. no, I'm down to like one day. 
so 26% on the we're, – we're apparently – Seattle is the most uh, telephonobic uh, area. The survey indicates that the 15 most populous U.S. metros – uh, metros uh, come close to Seattle for this degree of phone avoidance. I mean, I know people that answer whatever. Just even if it says scam likely, that's oh, my friend scam likely. And then start loudly talking or speaker phoning when feel free to walk outside with that. But uh, anyway, so we I'm glad that I'm amongst my people if we're not talking to relatives and the whole thing. And I'm less likely to respond to anything but a text if I'm related to you. And even then, it takes you about 24 hours to respond to my well, text. Well, you know, or Brian, maybe you told, I'm calling well, you out. That, if it's something, if it's like, I'm on fire, come <laughs> pour water on me, I'm like, be right there. That's apropos. Um, you, you know, if it's not, if it's, if the the clock isn't ticking, let's say you shut yourself, you locked yourself out of your car, um, then no, I'm not, I'm not that guy. But who would do that? That's what I'm saying. Um, is uh, that one? You ain't got time for that. No, I no one no one does. And uh, well, so how how sanctuary are you if you turn people over to be deported? Do you do you get stripped of the term? It, it's almost self appointed. Um, I think Seattle is still a sanctuary city. And what 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 do you mean by that? You you mean that you don't actively call uh, ICE or Border Patrol or, or what? What exactly makes you a sanctuary city? Because I'm gonna say if if you if you don't call police no matter what, local or federal, then you're a stupid city. And uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York has announced that uh, he wants to change to their stupid policy because, as it turns out, it does attract people who are who prey on other human beings. Those small numbers that are committing crimes. We need to modify the uh, the sanctuary city law that if you commit a felony, a violent act, we should be able to turn you over to ICE and have you deported. It is a right to live in this city, and you should be you should be not committing crimes in our city for doing so. Right now, we don't have the authority to do so. And you know, and by the way, writ large, it's a privilege, not a right, to do whatever you want. Um, I mean, it's a privilege to live where you want. It's based on the social compact that. You will follow the rules. And if people come here, first of all, if they come here <clears throat> based on a scam that oh, I'm, I'm, I'm committing, I, I'm um, declaring that I'm a refugee, I'm, I'm fleeing political persecution, then um, Fox finally knows what questions to ask, 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 by the way, or ask. CNN and MSNBC are acting like the border doesn't, doesn't, doesn't even exist because this is hanging around the president from Maine to state of Washington is what's wrong. Why is the Southern border wide open and why does everybody in South America and around the world know it? The other thing we're finding out is uh, that people are being uh, intercepted by American non-governmental organizations that are being funded by uh, grants from Homeland Security to hand out legal advice uh, and uh, in some cases laminates. In Spanish, let's say, um, do not claim you're from Mexico. Um, not do not, but claim you're from Mexico. Do not give your real uh, country of origin. So that's how you get this guy and his older brother last in 2022, Ibarra, who say, uh, yes, we are from Mexico. So they come in with the notice to appear uh, in front of a magistrate because you're a refugee. Say you, you want asylum from Mexico because the cartels are so violent now and the whole thing. And you're not going to be heard for, according to, to 
Biden yesterday was seven seven years, I think is what he said. Yeah, this is what he said yesterday. Years right now, you can come, they come through the border, an asylum. They don't not able to see an asylum officer. They get a bracelet and they get put in the country and they get come say come back in seven years. Come back and they never appear in seven years when we're able to hear your case. And he thinks that that's uh, that, that that's a travesty. How long has that been going on? It's been going on since he signed a executive order on your first day in the office. Uh, saying that was the new the new law that they can just anyone can cross over and say uh, asylum and then you're handed a notice to appear that you can use as, as ID and that's how you get um, a guy with multiple fel violent felony arrests in New York who winds up in Atlanta and murders an American citizen uh, nursing student and and so um, yeah that's kind of a big deal that so that's how you get Fox with a microphone in hand going to. America's newest asylum seekers asking asking a choice for president. Uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. What is mejor, Trump or Joe Biden? John Biden. Joe Biden. Trump or Joe Biden? John Biden. Joe, Trump or Joe Biden? John Biden. Joe Biden. Trump or Joe Biden? I said Joe Biden. Joe Biden. We're asking for Joe Biden to help us to help us accomplish our dream. That couldn't be. Uh, that couldn't Donald be Trump? more perfect. And by the way, she didn't have to line them up. They got in line to say into the mic, like the one guy said, Joan Biden. Uh, he, he might be confusing uh, the president with the folk singer. What is mejor, Trump or Joe Biden? Joan Biden. Joan Biden. There he said, there he said it, Joan Biden. Um, back in a second with the, the truth behind what's happening in Gaza. As Israel dries out Hamas... Lawlessness hampers Gaza aid efforts, and that's because uh, Hamas has been uh, looting the, the aid convoys. Now, even they can't do that, so we leave it to you civilians. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. That escalated quickly. There we go. All right. Brian took care of it. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. All right. We can go now. AM 770 KTTH. Sounds exciting, whatever that was. <laughs> I know. Stupid, stupid uh, autoplay pre-roll. Uh, well, if you recall, back in January, there was a tragic scene in the Gulf of Aden off the east coast of Africa where four crew members, well, I'm sorry, where Central Command Navy forces, including Navy SEALs, uh, were boarding a Iranian-owned ship that was transporting missile parts to Houthi rebels. Um, and two Navy SEALs drowned. Uh, the operation was ultimately successful because uh, a crew of men, including uh, four who are going to be in a, a courtroom again in Richmond, uh, Virginia, was, were brought back to the U.S., so uh, I'm, I don't know exactly how it works, but I do know that it's been done for a long time and it does work. That, like, for instance, we nail you for 
piracy and you wind up in a courtroom in Southern District of New York and Manhattan or whatever. And or um, you're so stupid, you show your faces through the window of the lifeboat and Navy SEAL snipers shoot you from half a mile away or 200 yards away. Uh, in this case, uh, these four chappies uh, were captured alive. Four crew members of an unflagged vessel that U.S. officials say was carrying Iranian-made missile components is scheduled to appear today in a federal courtroom in Virginia. Boy, that's got to put the zap on your head. You're, you're on a dow in the Gulf of Aden. You're Iranian. And then uh, one C-17 flight later, you're in Virginia in a courtroom. And you have a lawyer and the whole thing. Um, and anyway, prosecutors are expected to argue they should be held without bond while they await trial. You think, are they a flight risk? Well, really? They're wearing man dresses. The night of January 11th, the uh, U.S. CENTCOM, including Navy SEALs, along with members of the U.S. Coast Guard Maritime Safety and Security Team, uh, boarded the vessel in rough seas. Um, Naval Special Warfare Operator First Class Christopher Chambers slipped into the gap created by high waves between the vessel and the SEALs' combatant uh, craft. Um, and uh, it was very tragic, and I don't believe they ever did recover. Uh, and then uh, another uh, operator went in the water for him, I mean, with him, after him, because that's the, uh, the standard operating procedure. That's one of the weirdest things about the, the Red Sea and in Djibouti off of uh, Yemen. The U.S. Coast Guard, thousands of miles away from our coast, the U.S. Coast Guard has a significant footprint in the, uh, in the Gulf. Um, so anyway, that's going to be the uh, the denouement of those chaps. Um, they they were caught red-handed uh, with Iranian missile parts and uh, and the rest. All four men were carrying Pakistani identification cards, um, and so they'll be charged with things like attempting to smuggle advanced missile components and the rest of it. How do you charge someone who's uh, detained in international waters? I you know don't ask me that stuff. Come on, really. Why are you asking? Just sit back and watch the result uh, on that one. Uh, well, what is the uh, number one? According to a, a poll overnight, not a big surprise. You've probably caught that it's sort of the theme of, uh, of every news channel besides any MSNBC or CNN product. It's immigration. Many Americans view illegal immigration as a very serious problem, and a majority support building a border wall. New polling has found. So, in other words, Trump is, is what it is. And th this is why the White House is panicking, because this is a problem of their making. Um, the only thing they can do now is tell Democrats that are running for national office, say say an anecdote is no way to uh, make policy uh, or, or point it out. Problem is, if you scratch a little bit, you find that, Many, many, many uh, illegal immigrants are coming here as part of a plot, as part of a bigger picture. Not because they're fleeing political persecution in Venezuela or Ecuador, but because you can make money in America. You know, like I say, the people that come up here with their families, you know, it's awesome here. Of course, of course you would do that if there's a green light like there is right now. But if the green light is uh, the siren song of money, like that Venezuelan, you know, robbery crew that beat up a cop in New York and all that, then you come up here. And that's that might be anecdotal, except that they, they indicate a larger issue and the rising crime rate in New York. That's not an anecdote you know, that, you know, those are actual data, data points. Many Americans uh, view that as a very serious problem. Monmouth University poll that was released yesterday. 
Uh, eight in ten Americans across partisan lines seeing illegal immigration as at least a somewhat serious problem more than anything else. And and so if you're a Democrat and you're running for office in New York or right now in Georgia, that should be your number one speaking point, that you're going to get to the bottom of this here uh, illegal immigration. With eight in ten Americans uh, saying it's, uh, 91 percent see illegal, illegal immigration as a very serious issue. 58% of independents, 41% of Democrats, and that, that outdoes uh, anything else. Now, Democrats have been told, oh, no, Trump is the biggest issue. But when a student is killed in your neighborhood in Athens, Georgia, that's, that's you know, the, the threats to democracy that the Democrats keep claiming are happening somehow um, go down in importance. And when you're told, shut up and say democracy, the, and yet— down the street is a dead body and a uh, guy from Venezuela in detention. This is not the first year that we see this, but this is a moment where this is gaining momentum, said a professor of policy and government at George Mason University, Guadalupe Correa Cabrera. The elections of 2024 are driving this, and the images are supporting a narrative, the politics of fear. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll play on, on that one. And so Greg Abbott, again, is the Republican of the year last year and so far this year because uh, this is now taking over the, the Biden campaign and even some other campaigns. Because you go on CNN and like Katie Porter did of Orange County, who's trying to run for the Dianne Feinstein uh, empty seat, and she was given the talking point, if they throw this at you and they shouldn't, it's CNN, just point out that anecdotes aren't data, man. Unless it's to the the family of the uh, of the victim. Well, I think when a horrible tragedy like like this happens, I think whenever we're dealing um, with violent crime, there is a sense of outrage, of sadness, and of loss. But I think the important thing to focus on is any one instance shouldn't shape our overall immigration policy. Yeah, but what if the overall immigration policy allows uh, murdering rapists uh, into the country? And even after they have interacted with the law, left New York because they have a violent felon arrest in New York and then go to Georgia um, and and uh, hang out with your brother, who also was arrested because of his association with his uh, murdering brother in detention. Well, I think when a horrible tragedy. I know. Wrong. Wrong, Katie. Here we go. Behind bars. So, so here's CNN with the follow-up story. There's 26-year-old Jose Ibarra charged with her murder. And to many Americans, Ibarra has also become the new face of illegal immigration. Lakin's death is a direct result of failed policies on the federal level and an unwillingness by this White House to secure the southern border. Let's see Georgia Governor Brian Kemp playing politics with a woman who was murdered by an illegal immigrant with no, uh, no, no basis to stay in this country, especially after multiple felony arrests prior to murdering the Georgian. ICE says the 26-year-old Venezuelan native illegally crossed the U.S. southern border in September of 2022. He was processed there and released. That's just an anecdote, man. Now Athens police have him in custody, also struck by the senselessness. He did not know her at all. Um, I think this was a crime of opportunity. This college community is grateful for a quick arrest. But like her fellow nursing students, the grief will linger for anyone in Lake and Riley. Uh, that's just an anecdote right there, uh, man. And uh, I mean, would she be, would the family be 
um, less grieved if it was an American. Also, by the way, that's the other counterpoint is, would it be better if an American killed him? Well, existentially, if a person should not exist in the space called the United States of America, then yeah. So uh, there's that. But that, but this is absolutely taking over um, the presidential uh, campaign. And the if they're counting on the Border Patrol Union, you can just count that right out because the Border Patrol Union has come down solidly on the on the side of let us do our job. Uh, and they're, they don't want to do any sort of choreographed dog and pony show with uh, the president tomorrow. They're making that known. Because the president's going to uh, Brownsville on Thursday, not tomorrow. Uh, today, I just checked the, the updates. So you all know at 6 a.m. that it was a two-hour delay. Most of uh, North Sound from Everett North, including Whidbey Island, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a picture, a lovely picture of Muckle Teo down there at sea level. Uh, Langley, most of uh, Whidbey Island, uh, two-hour delays, and that whole thing. And uh, it's rare. I remember that in Port Angeles. It's very rare to get snow down at uh, sea level run here. But when you do, you should sit up and take notice. So we'll give you uh, a updated uh, list and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, the roads are untreated. So that's why there's so many spin-outs and I-5 and all that. So... If you don't have to go anywhere, probably best not to. Uh, back in a second, hour number three, the Brian Suit Show, AM 770 KTTH.